hello and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Still I Rise. I'm your host and friend, Cherry Golightly. As a quick disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist, psychologist, psychoanalyst, or psychiatrist, so please do not substitute this podcast for any mental health, therapy, or assistance that you feel that you may be in need of. In my podcast, I'm here to share my journey as a newly single mommy of two wonderful little boys. I was in a very toxic marriage of 11 years and just recently I decided that I was going to take my life back. Um, I will be sharing with you guys my journey as my new chapter unfolds. It's been very challenging and uplifting just been a very interesting journey so I'm here to help and hopefully empower those who find themselves in the same situation or a similar situation to gain that confidence and take their life back as well so once again thanks for listening Good evening. Thank you once again for tuning in. It's another late episode. This is going to be a little different again. I wanted to touch more on things that have been happening around my community and uh, just current events. A lot of unfortunate things, heartbreaking things have happened and I wanted to talk about that. Let's hear from our sponsors, and I will get back to you guys shortly, so hang tight. So I wanted to talk to you guys about things that have been happening, um, updates that we've had. Uh, I mentioned in my Our Children episode about a little boy named Noah McIntosh that disappeared early March and was not seen by his mother for two weeks and she did a welfare check and um, of course the father was not responding and uh, you know they had a search warrant and the little boy was nowhere to be found so just to kind of recap on that the entire community of Corona about 4,000 people you know, took part in decorating the city of Corona with blue ribbons. And I have to say, it is so touching to see that. To, to just know that there's so many people out there that care and that, you know, want to extend their kindness, you know, to help find this little boy. Uh, for the first time, I have to say that you know, it, it was my first time participating in something like this. I've heard so many stories of children missing and and things like this, Oh, you know, on the news. But, of course, I've never really taken the initiative or felt, you know, empowered to go out. And even though it seems like it's a small gesture, it's 
it's basically the intent behind it. And, you know, it's just heartbreaking. Uh, Noah's not the first or the last case that has come up within the last few days, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, I, I'd like to even bring up, you know, this beautiful little girl named Trinity Love Jones, who was found in a rollaway luggage case off of, you know, Hacienda Heights near the temple. You know, it just, you know, the cases go on and on. And, you know, I could sit here and talk all night about all these disturbing cases and things like that. And, you know, I remember always thinking to myself that, okay, there's not really much that I could do about it. You know, I'm just one person and, you know, it's like bad things happen all the time and we can't prevent them from happening. But I realize that that's not the best way to think. I realize that, you know, it's like, it starts off with one person and then they bring on another person, you know, to help out and, you know, they reach out to others and others want to help out and it just becomes this snowball effect and, you know, it's just, it's, it's beautiful to see, you know, as I'm driving around Corona, taking my kids to school, I see these blue ribbons and it is just, you know, at that time when we were hoping for this little boy to return safe home, we were just, oh, this is, you know, we were looking at these ribbons and we're like, these are just, it's beautiful. And it just brings tears to your eyes because it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to see Many people, you know, doing the same thing for, you know, a specific cause. That's, you know, in my eyes, I I find that to be, you know, very touching. Well, I have to share with you guys, you know, yesterday there was a press conference with Corona PD and sadly I know that there's a few of you guys who listen and are local so you guys are completely aware of this case and there's you know I'm not sure if it went nationwide and I know that there's a few people out of state who listen to my podcast but you know for for those of you who who don't know you know there it's a nobody homicide case now so the father has been charged with homicide or murder and the mother still remains in custody for child endangerment. I do apologize. I feel a little dehydrated. Um, so... You know, we found out that that was what it was. And, you know, we were, of course, everybody's wondering what exactly is the evidence? You know, I mean, if you were to look at this guy, I I don't like to judge by appearance, but, you know, mugshots just make everybody look horrible. 
but it's like looking at this man's eyes, there's no soul. And I have to say, the story gets worse. The story gets worse because, you know, actually this morning was when we got that, when we saw that press conference, you know, on the news and, you know, we were just kind of listening to it and I was listening to it before I went into a meeting this morning and, uh, you know, it was just very sad. It was very sad to see and uh, I just, I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I had a feeling that, you know, little Noah didn't make it. However, it just felt as if it just felt as if, you know, we, we all had hope and, you know, when we really found out that he was no longer with us, it was, it was devastating, but then it gets worse. My friends, You know, um, details were actually released just a few hours ago, you know, and uh, I happened to look on my Facebook and somebody had a caption saying that Noah's body was found. So I read into it, um, you know, just to kind of give you guys a, you know, um, the quickness of it, the body was not found. However, the evidence that pretty much is solid or that basically solidifies that it's a homicide you know after reading what it was definitely you know it was just very hard to stomach just hearing that a father could do that to their own child it's very it's it's unsettling Reading the, you know, reading the details and everything, I won't go too far into it, but you guys could definitely look it up if you want to, um, you know, look up, look up the case on Noah McIntosh and the father's name is Bryce McIntosh. And, uh, this child was tortured. This child was tortured until the very end. And so now all the evidence was pretty much posted on, you know, the article, and, uh, basically, this child was handcuffed to, I, I, I do apologize, I, before I go any further, I just want to let you guys know and give you this, you know, disclaimer that this is actually very disturbing, and you know, when you do read it, you'll, you'll, you'll see. It's very disturbing. I will be honest after I, you know, after I had seen the post and read just a few lines, it caused me to kind of tear up because I'm just, I'm just heartbroken. I'm just heartbroken for this child. And everything that he had to endure prior to his passing. So, his sister had spoken to the investigators about 
witnessing her brother being handcuffed to the bathtub and being abused. His mother had last seen him on the 2nd, and the last time she had seen him, he was in the bathroom with his father, and she overheard her son asking his father, why are you, know, why, why are you hurting me? And she ended up leaving that Sunday, and that was it. That was the last time she seen her baby. And so the evidence that was found was things that were Googled on Bryce McIntosh's laptop. Uh, you know, it was basically what type of plastic will be able to withstand, you know, um, a certain type of acid. Uh, they found another Google search, like it was Google search on his phone and on his laptop of, you know, what is the normal heart rate for a an eight-year-old boy who was running, which they didn't really specify why that was being searched. And so they found, you know, a, um, I believe it's a 23-gallon trash can. Um, and it was found in his home, and there was um, residue and blood found in the trash can. Uh, blender pieces, bolt cutters, things of that nature, and latex gloves, and, you know, um, I think different rags and things um, used to clean out his car were found in the um, area by um, Tom's Farms and also, uh, you know, uh, I believe it's Lee Lake. Uh, it's now known as Corona Lake. So, you know, it, it's, they believe that Bryce had poured acid all over his son's body. And, uh, you know, meanwhile... Meanwhile, his mother, Jillian Godfrey, is still, you know, held in custody. And many are quick to judge her and say, you know, she's there for, they think that she's part of the abuse, that she abused this child as well. Um, I mentioned previously when I happened to look at her Facebook, all I saw was a mother who loved her children. It's like her children were her entire world. And so with that being said, I, you know, I, I can't say that, you know, she is completely a victim to this entire um, entire like scenario. However, you know, based off of what was written on on the article, it shows that you know she did make a call on the twelfth of March, and the last time she had seen her son was the second of March. And um, when they checked her phone, there was documentations that she made that her 
you know, her ex was in fact abusing her son. And the last thing that she had reported that she had heard was her son asking his father, why are you hurting me? And she left him there that Sunday. You know, I, if, if I knew personally that my children were being abused by their father, I would do everything that I could to protect them. And I know that there was probably some reason why she was, you know, she could have been afraid, but I have to say that's, that's your baby. I'm not going to go so far as to call her a monster. I'm not going to go as far as saying that she's a loser or, you know, call her anything of that. I I can only imagine what she's feeling right now, sitting there, not know, you know, whether she knows or not what's happening, you know, and probably feeling some kind of regret of not speaking up. I can only imagine what that would be like. And, you know, I, I, I really feel strongly about this topic. And, um, you know, many might tell me, well, you know, it's not really, you know, relatable to, you know, um, what I, I normally talk about on my podcast, but I I will say that it absolutely is relatable. And the reason why I say it's relatable is because, you know, I talk about being in a, in a marriage or a relationship with, you know, either a narcissist or a drug addict, you know, or who knows, you might even be with a sociopath and you'll never even know. And some, some of us are very capable of, you know, when we're doing absolutely everything to avoid any type of conflict, sometimes we just say, okay, well, you know what? I just, I just left my children there because I just didn't want to deal with it today. And that might actually happen to be the last time you see your children. Because anything can happen. And I can't, you know, even though you know, okay, well, maybe she didn't feel that it was a life-threatening abuse. We never really know the extent of things until they actually get that bad. Until it's already too late. But it is our job to really keep our eyes open for that. And this is exactly why I, I feel so strongly about this is because, like I said, I've been in that situation. I understand. I mean, I, I honestly am, I don't think, and I don't want to think that, and see there, that statement alone just shows. We don't want to think that things can happen. 
But if it doesn't sit right, it doesn't look right, it doesn't smell right, it doesn't sound right, you've got to stick with your gut and you've got to protect your children. And like I said, I've been in those situations where it's just like, you know what, okay, all right, just just go ahead and, you know, and and stay with your your dad. And at that time, you know, it's just like, and that's probably why at this point, my own family thinks that I'm, you know, um, probably overdoing it with not allowing my ex to see my children. Because at some point while we were living together, I figured, okay, well, he's their dad and it should be fine. And, you know, even though I had speculations that he could have been under the influence at that time or maybe he wasn't or you don't know but there were times where I had to go places and I would leave you know I mean just for a few hours I would leave the kids with him but there were times where he just had to leave and Actually, one time I had to leave and I was waiting for him to alternate with me to get home so I could leave. And he said, well, I'm only five minutes away. You could just leave. So that kind of indicates that he was okay with leaving my, you know, my seven-year-old and my nine-year-old home alone. And many might say, well, they're old enough. Well, for me, I, I don't think so. Because anything can happen and you can call me an overprotective mother or whatever. But me personally, I do not feel comfortable leaving my children home alone. You know, but at that point, yes, I did leave them with their dad. Because I didn't feel that they would have been in any type of emergent, you know, danger. However, you know, we don't really know the full story between Noah's mother and father. But perhaps it could have been, there could have been some bad blood going on there. And, you know, the motive sometimes, these type of people, and, you know, Noah's father was described as a monster. Sometimes these people will go out of their way and harm the children to try to, you know, to hurt the other person because they know how much that child means to the other person. And that's where you, I believe that we have to protect ourselves with that and protect our children, meaning, you know, this is that wake-up call. You know, it's never easy to leave a situation. It's never easy to break free of something because we are afraid of what's going to happen. But this is where you've got to take those measures. You've got to take those measures and, and just do it no matter how scared you are. Because no matter what, would you rather have it scary? Or would you rather have your child no longer here or your child injured or your child, you know, emotionally traumatized and 
I'll be honest with you guys. This has been an eye-opener for me. Even though I'm no longer in that situation. But this has been an eye-opener for me. Because prior to me leaving. And many that, that you know disagree with me leaving and things like that they might say okay well you're overreacting it wasn't that bad but I'll be 100% with you guys prior to me leaving that situation what went on in my head after he failed to get home to actually do his one and only duty of taking the kids, you know, to school and failed. You know, uh, and I saw how my oldest was crying. It dawned on me that I could no longer use the excuse of I'm staying with him for the kids. Because that did not work anymore. That did not apply anymore. And yeah, I I just, I, I couldn't use that as an excuse anymore. So, you know, with that being said, this is now where... You know, we have to take into account, you know, what do we do? You know, what what is your next move? This is where I, I saw that, you know, had I not gotten out of that, what could have happened? And, you know... I had mentioned that, you know, it's like the car that I was driving in June just out of nowhere caught fire while I was still driving or while I was still in it. And if it was tampered with, my children could have been in there with me. But like I said... I will never forget the look on his face when he came to pick me up from that scene. No emotion. Until this day, I try my best not to think of it, but... Many others that know me, they they absolutely think that he he did that. So if you're in a situation where you feel like you're not sure, you think it's that, but you're like, no, I don't want to. More than likely, it is, and you shouldn't be in that situation anymore. This is that time for you to really rise up and think more of yourself. 
Get yourself as strong as you possibly can. Take your babies and take care of your babies. This is where you have to stand on your own two feet. You have to. You know, my heart really hurts tonight for this little boy. You know, I, I see my children, or he could have been a friend of my children. They're the same age. I really hate to bring nothing but negativity and sadness to you, my friends. But, you know, I want to be able to share what I'm feeling and how I see things. And I hope that it will open your eyes as well. I know that there's a few of you guys who have reached out and told me about things that happened you know, when, you're, when you have the joint custody and things like that. And I understand that it's easier said than done because sometimes it's like they can't find any evidence of any abuse or any endangerment and things like that. And sometimes it just seems like the system will only acknowledge it when it's already too late. Don't rely on the system. This is where you have to protect yourself. I was fortunate enough you know, where my ex was not even in the right state of mind to even respond to the, you know, to my request. And so it went to default. I know that there's some of you guys that are not fortunate enough for that. And it's an ongoing battle for custody and, you know, having to go back to court for, you know what I mean? Like other demands and things like that. I mean, I'm not sure how to go about that because I was not, uh, you know, I, that's something that I did not really have to, to struggle with because I, you know, I was right away granted sole custody, sole and, you know, full and in, in physical custody of these children. Um, he's not to have any visitations. And, uh, you know, I will be honest, this is, this is how strongly I feel about that. And, uh, you know, it, it's like for those that don't respect my, my decisions for that because I am trying to protect these kids, they think that I'm using it to my advantage. No, I've seen things, I've felt things in that house, and my children have as well. And, you know, based off of his choices that he's made within the last few months, he has no business being around these these children there's no reason for him to be around them because he's just not safe uh, he's not a safe person to be around and he just no but if it meant that I had to be okay with not talking to my immediate family who should be on you know who should be there for me and supporting me I was okay with that because at the end of the day, it is my job to protect my children. It's my job and my duties to make sure that these kids are okay, whether not just okay physically, but emotionally. And I've been accused of messing them up in the head because I'm dating somebody 
but yet everything that's going on here, you know, uh, and it, all I'm saying is I don't want to, I don't want to take the attention away from that. But what I'm saying is that was something that I was willing to sacrifice to keep my kids safe. If it means that I have to cut certain people off and feel like I'm completely alone, then so be it. This is something that I feel very strongly on and I'm going to put my foot down. You know, I've seen too many parents kill their children. A lot of them are, you know, parents that are separated, that are no longer together. That's usually how it is. So it's scary. So as I said, I do believe that this topic is completely relatable to, you know, things that I talk about on this podcast. I can't reiterate it anymore, you know. Our children are our most prized possessions. Take care of them and put them first before anything else. You know, and you might piss people off, but do everything that you possibly can to keep these children safe. And, you know, I understand that sometimes when dealing with exes, You know, it can feel like it's necessary to, you know, to blow up. And if they provoke you, it can feel like it's necessary to fire back and say things. And, you know, I I will say this. Be very mindful with what you're texting. I mean, this is pertaining to custody battles. Like I said, I've never had to deal with this, but something that my paralegal had told me, and, you know, I think it's kind of common sense. Don't put yourself in a position to where you will look bad. I mean, I'm not saying fake being an angel. I'm saying be an angel. I'm saying make sure that you are focusing on the well-being of your children. I'm saying make sure that, you know, every day you keep it in your mind that your children are watching you and you are the example that they are going to be, you know, they're going to be following. You are the adult that they are going to be seeing every day. So ask yourself, what are you showing your children? So this is that time where you want to dedicate your time and efforts into training them to be the best adults, keeping them, you know, aside from keeping them safe and providing. Enjoy that time with them. And I know that sometimes it can get overwhelming. Trust me, I'm a mother that has my kids 24-7. Sometimes it's like, you know, 
even though I, I wish I could have some time alone, you know, or I used to be, to be able to have time alone and I, I used to crave it, but now it's like, I'm okay with it because I know that my children are safe. I know that I don't have to worry about them. You know, I never did before, but now that the circumstances have changed, now I have to worry. If they're not with me, I'm worried. I feel at ease whenever they are with me. So, tonight, I just, I wanted to express to you guys my sadness over what's happened, the disgust that I feel for what a father could do to his own son. Tonight, my friends, count your blessings. Think about this whole thing. If things in your end are really as bad as this or if you you feel something and your children are affected, really think it through. And and realize that, you know, or ask yourself if you would like to be in this situation. I, I don't think you do. This is a time where, you know, I mean, if this is not going to, for those that are still in the situation, or, you know, it's similar, this is that time where you, you know, you really have to start making decisions and start getting a little bit more aggressive with, you know, what you want with custody or if you want to stay. You got to make these big decisions. I'm going to leave you guys with that. And um, I hope and pray that you guys will be okay. We're going to get through this together. And I do hope that you guys are understanding where I'm coming from when I talk about this. I want to say rest in peace to little Noah McIntosh. Prior to my sleep, I will be saying a little prayer for him and his family. Be kind to yourselves. Love your children. Be grateful. Once again, you guys, thank you for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you that listen. Until then, take care. Good night.